You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. You know, uh, just not very long ago, we got done with, uh, we were ministering on um, these three. And these three, and they remain, and they are what? Faith, hope, Y'all didn't forget, right? Y'all know this. Uh, We we even made t-shirts and sweatshirts so you wouldn't forget. Everybody say these three. What are they? Faith, hope, and love, right? And the greatest of these is love. But we're adding another big word into there, and this word is grace. And so while uh, we know a lot of time, uh, when we can, we get away to pray. And uh, as I was praying out some things, I kept praying out sanctification and holiness by grace. And I kept trying to get to it and study on it, but I just couldn't get there. And then the Lord told me to go back and look at our notes. And what happens is when we go away to pray, we pray a lot in the spirit. And then Pastor Rhonda will write out some things that I say or we say uh, by unction in our known language. And, and so I felt like I needed to go back and look at it. And so, yes, I prayed out a lot about sanctification and holiness. And don't let those words scare you. We're going to look at them uh, because you can do those religiously and it produces bondage. But if you do them by grace, it'll produce freedom. And it's a place we need to get through because I believe the Lord has some doors, a spiritual door, especially for this church to walk through. And a lot of it has to do with you being sanctified you walking in the holiness that Jesus has provided, but you're going to have to do it by grace. And then he said there was something else in there, and I really didn't know that I prayed this out, but he said it is essential. What does it mean, essential? You know a lot about essential in these last couple years. Essential, but he said it's essential that my people have an understanding of grace for this hour. People ask because there was a there was a time in um, uh, charismatic um, Pentecostal word of faith spirit filled circles that you know there almost came a division when speaking about grace and so I, you know people wonder sometimes well are you a grace church or are you a faith church and the answer is yes because you can't have one without the other. And if you try to raise grace above faith, then you get greasy. But if you raise faith and and don't have any grace, then you'll get religious and hard and kind of like them Pharisees and Sadducees kind of people. You need both. I believe that the Lord tried to inject grace. And so I really hadn't thought about this or wasn't going to deal with this. I, I minister on this. You know, I keep all my notes from everybody. But it was, I thought it was a couple years ago, but it was six. And so you've forgotten about it because I forgot about it. Because um, you can't remember this, but the Lord helped me. So, so as I was praying, he stirred me up to minister to you along the lines of grace. If you've been through our Bible Institute, my wife does a great job with our grace class. But I want to remind you of some things. So I want you to get this fresh because the Holy Ghost says it's essential for you in this hour that we've come into that you understand grace. Amen. And so last week we said the only way, what is grace? Well, are you saved by grace? Is that what the scripture says? It says you're saved by grace. Let's just stop there. What is grace? That's God's side. You can't do that side. You have nothing to do with that side. What is grace? I like this illustration that I found. See, because a lot of times people don't understand the difference between grace and mercy. The example I found was this guy, somebody came and robbed your house and you caught them. Mercy will forgive them, not call the police and send them on their way. 
Grace, on the other hand, will give them food, clothes, and money and send them on their way. Mercy forgives them and lets it go. How many of you know, are, are you glad his mercies are new every morning? But grace is beyond mercy. Grace is beyond. Grace gives someone what they need when they don't deserve it. Grace gives you something like salvation when you didn't deserve it. While you were altogether unlovely, Jesus died for you by grace. What is salvation? Well, it also includes healing. Before you, before you knew you needed it, and you sure don't deserve it, but he took stripes on his back so that you could walk in physical healing and health. But salvation, he decided to protect you. Angels camp round about you, not because you deserve it and you're all that, but because he decided. He decided to become poor so that you could become rich. It had nothing to do with you. Well, yeah, it did. No, he decided. You didn't decide, he decided. He went after you before you ever went after him. By grace. So it's by, everybody say, by grace. But now you can't leave this next part out. Through faith. You can't obtain what grace offers unless you have faith. And I'm going to say this again. Faith is not a movement. Yes, it is. No, it's not. If you think it's a movement, movements come, movements go. Faith is a foundational doctrine. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Though, come on. If it's impossible, then you and I ought to figure it out. I want to please him. You wouldn't be in this room this morning if you didn't care nothing about pleasing him. You want to please him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we also know this, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. And faith apprehends what grace provides. You can't apprehend something that grace hasn't provided. Grace is a finished work. Jesus, how many believe salvation is done? Because this, this is the deal. A lot of times when it comes to you and I understand this because, um, uh, you know, we, we get this. But if someone's trying to get born again and we find them saying like this, I'm just waiting on God. I can see that he died. Jesus died on a cross, raised from the dead. And, and I just see that he's, he's, he's given me this and, 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 and I, didn't, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. So I'm just waiting on him to save me. I just want him to save me. Dear God, uh, I hope you save me someday. Uh, are you going to ever save me? I just want to be saved. And you and I see that person, and we know that person. And every time they'll say, well, I just, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, I believe in grace, and I believe that, that, that God, want, you know, I believe he wants me to have it, and I, I see it. And, and, and uh, you know, hey, just pray with me that one day I'll get saved. How many of you know you and I would not tolerate that? Why would we not tolerate that? Because salvation is already provided, and all they got to do is receive it. And I'm teaching this on Wednesday nights. We're talking about uh, unfeigned faith, and I think I'm on lesson number 17, and I'm having the time of my life. And if you haven't, you know, get, get a hold of it. But, but this is the deal. Um, I had to learn this a long time ago, and I'm getting, getting into the grace, but, but we're just reviewing a little bit. You have to receive, receive from God through faith. Everybody say, uh, I've been saved 
by grace, through faith. And, and just, so, just like this on everything, I want you to get this because we're going to talk about all grace has to offer, you take it by faith. All of it. All of salvation. All the different kinds of graces, you've got to take them by faith. God's already done it. And so I remember I tell this on Wednesday nights a lot, and so if you weren't here, uh, this very building, when we were believing God and uh, from the A-frame moving to here, it got to a point that it really got to be a lot. And so I, I began, to, you know, I would explain it like this, you know, I'm just believing my guts out. Because it's just like bigger than I could. It just got too big. And I'm just, and really I'm, I'm kind of, you know, wouldn't admit it, but I was getting in fear. And so I was praying extra and thank God you can pray and thank God the Holy Ghost can talk to you. And I remember he said this to me. He asked me this question. He says, Mark, does your faith move me? And before I answered, I thought, you know, I have a, I have a diploma uh, where I came from the great faith school. And so, yes, Lord, my faith moves you. And I thought I had the right answer. And I meant it sincerely because I needed him to move. <laughs> Do you need him to move? Well, listen to what he said back to me. He said, I don't need your faith to move me. Faith, the purpose of it is not to move God. You don't have to move him. You don't have to get him to do something. I'm just going to pray and pray and pray till he moves. I, he, I'm going to wear him out. And he's going to move. You don't have to wear him out. Jesus is set down. And he said, I don't need your faith to move me. I've already been moved. I need you to, your faith to receive from me. Now, see, I knew that. And I knew better than that. But when pressure comes and you know the tools, you know the methods, you know the lingo, you will fall into religion. But why are we, why are we talking about this? Because grace, everything's already been provided. You don't have to talk God into anything. You don't have to talk him into saving you. You don't have to talk him into filling you with the Holy Ghost. You don't have to talk him into healing you. You don't have to talk him into providing for you. You don't have to talk him into protecting you. You don't have to talk him into anything about doing well. He's decided all that already. All you've got to do, because that is grace and it's been offered to you. Now you've got to receive it. So there's so many kinds of grace. There's saving grace. And all of it has to be accessed by faith. There is a grace to be rich. And we'll talk about that because we ain't as scared of that around here. Uh, uh, grace uh, uh, for all ki kinds of things. Uh, but I want to talk to you today about grace to serve. And so um, the Bible talks about different kinds of grace. And so today we're going to talk about serving grace and we're going to receive it by faith. Everybody say, I receive, I receive. serving grace. By faith. Now, the mistake made by most Christians is they have two lives. They have a sacred life, a Sunday morning life, and then they have a, a Monday through Saturday life. And that's not true of us in this room. We have one life. And everything we learn, everything we see in the Word of God, we put in every part of our life. So I don't want you, and, and this one I find that most believers don't know how to incorporate this into Monday. So I'm here to help you for Monday. Because you see, um, there's some things we're going to learn today and we just need to get in it. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Are you all ready to receive? Everybody say, I receive, I receive. what grace offers, grace offers 
by faith. First Corinthians 15, 10. But by the grace of God, I am who I am. You're going to do a lot of talking to me today. So I want everybody to say, by the grace of God, I am who I am. It says, in this grace, which was bestowed, it was what? Bestowed. So who you are was bestowed upon you by God. And this grace was bestowed upon me, not, and it's not, not going to be in vain. So you see, God's grace on someone, God made you who you are. Now, now listen, let's just stop right there. So God, because I hear, I hear all kinds of squirrely stuff today. Well, God made me this way. Well, God didn't make you to sin. And he's not going to make you any way to sin. You, we live in a fallen world and there's an enemy. He's talking about in Christ when you get born again, then there's a realization of who he made you to be. So don't, don't buy any of this nonsense from anybody resting the scripture or saying it's okay to be a sinner because God made me this way. Well, God didn't make anyone to sin. He's not going to make anyone do anything that opposes his word, especially his word in Romans in the new covenant. Enough said. But by the grace of God, I am who I am. So who made you? God has made you to be who you are. All right? And and we're going to get into this. And this grace which was bestowed on me, I didn't earn it. I didn't position myself for it. It was bestowed on me, but I'm not going to let it be in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God was in me. So I am who I am because God bestowed a grace on me and caused me to be something. And from that place of grace, that empowerment, I live my life out. I labor to get my life out what God has ordained for me. I tell people this all the time when raising children. I think if you'll make this little adjustment, it'll help your child become everything God has ordained them to be. A lot of times, and I love this when people say, but you know, hey baby, you can be anything you want to be. I just would tell you to add a little thing to it. You can be anything God has ordained you to be. Don't, don't, don't get in your forties and realize that's not what God had for you. If you can, if you can, if you can take that arrow and aim it towards what God wants for them, they'll be uh, healthier, happier, and more fulfilled in their life. Because really it's God that has ordained us by grace. Ephesians 2.10, you know this scripture. We use it a lot around here. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, uh, born anew, that we may do those good works that we were predestined, that were planned before us. So it's important for you to understand that God is the one who has given us a grace. And we're going to get into this, but I need you to keep an open mind because I think so many times when we talk about this subject, where God has made you to be, you think Sunday morning. Because I think that's when been preached to most people. This is a Sunday morning grace. This is a, a, this is a, this is a work in the nursery grace. This is a be an usher grace. And it is that, yes, but it also has to do with be an accountant grace, be an engineer grace, be a teacher grace, be a lawyer grace. I've got to throw this one in. Be a chef grace. Hallelujah. Be, 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 a, be a mechanic grace. Somebody needs to do that. Hallelujah. Somebody with some grace to take care and make things beautiful outside. There, there are graces that God has ordained for you that you, that have to do with your career, with your business, with your family. It's not just about uh, serving in church, although that is a part of it, but, but you are who God made you to be by grace. Everybody say it's by grace. 
See, if it's by grace, then it's not about you. It's who God ordained you to be. Now, you got to get this clear because if you fight against that, you will frustrate the grace of God on your life. Frustrated people, are y'all here? Because remember what he said. He said, I don't frustrate the grace of God. What if, people who are frustrated are not cooperating with the grace that God has given them to serve, to live, to be in life. If you go around and say, I'm frustrated, then you got to know you're frustrating the grace of God. Y'all got real quiet. Well, let's move on. First Peter chapter 4, 10 through 11. This is Cornerstone. We're here to grow you up, right? All right. Because I want to help you. If I can get if I could get you today to realize that God has ordained me, graced me to do something that doesn't just have to do with Sunday morning, I will set you free today. And you say, well, well what if I'm in the wrong grace? All you got to do is repent and the Lord will help you get to the right place. I'm telling you, he's a master at it. First Peter chapter four, verse 10. Every man has received a gift. Even so, minister that same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So every man has received. Everybody say, I have received a gift. What is that gift? Well, even so, minister the same one. To, that gift will help you to bless somebody. How many of you know uh, when we, we, a lot of times people get paid by the amount of blessing they are to us. How many of you know a brain surgeon might get paid a, lot, a little more than someone, uh, I, I don't know, who um, uh, pulls the weeds out of your yards? I think it, b most, both are very important. One I can't do, one I don't want to do. Don't have time. Well, yeah, anyway, hallelujah. Pay somebody to put that stuff on there so weeds don't grow. You understand, though? But if you, well, Pastor Mark, there's a lot of people who are, who are not born again who are doing things and do them well. Yeah, but they're not, they're not living the way you and I live. The Bible says this. We do everything unto the, in everything you do, do it unto, in, in all things, in how many things? So that's Monday morning. You say, all things you do at church, that's the only thing I'm looking at. It's the only thing I'm going to help you with. The rest of it, Monday through Saturday, you on your own. I'll get you again on Sunday. And if you show up on Wednesday night, there's a little lifting there. I'll watch over you, you, know, you special people. But you know what I'm saying? No, no, he's got you on Monday. He's graced you for Monday and Tuesday and hump day and Thursday and Friday. And so he's, he's graced you for those things. It comes under this serving grace because I do everything I do unto the Lord. How many things am I going to do unto the Lord? Everything. And so if, I, if I'm going to keep it in context then, then his grace, by his grace, he made me who I am. And he's made us all individually and he's made us all with gifts. So let's look at it again. First Peter 4, 10 through 11. For, so he's given everybody, every man has received a gift. Everybody say, I got it. Even so, minister the same one who knows good stewards of what? The manifold grace of God. So this grace that's on your life will be a blessing one to another. 
not just in church, not just in a uh, church setting, but everywhere you go. The grace of God on your life, which is a gift, will be that manifold grace. You be a good steward of it, and it will be a blessing to many. Verse 11. It says, if any man speak, let him speak of the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do his ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom he praise and dominion forever and ever. And then let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 and 11. It says, he has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which is given in Christ Jesus. How? When? Before the world began. Listen to me. Before you did anything right or you did anything wrong, while you're in his mother's, your mother's womb, the Lord knew you. The Lord knew you. Before you did anything right, before you did anything wrong, while you were in your mother's womb, the Lord, we, we, got, we got some babies in the womb in the room today, and God already knows who they're supposed to be. And he's gracing them right now while they're in their mother's womb. Before they do anything right, before they do anything wrong. In other words, it's not their decision, it's their discovery. If you want to be the best you can be in God, you've got to discover the grace on your life. And, and you, one of the best ways to discover your grace is to, to do it at church in serving one another. But it doesn't just stop there. This is what I know. I've done this now going on 30 plus years in the ministry, almost 30 years in pastoring. I've watched people who tap into the grace of God to serve one another, that it flows into every part of their life. One of the biggest mistakes people make is when things get a little rough, they pull away from serving grace and they don't know how much it affects every area of their life. Because see, when you tell God, no, I don't want your grace on Sunday, I don't want your grace on Wednesday, then it's very hard to turn on on Monday. And if you want to live in a higher realm, if you want to live in God's uh, perfect will for your life, then you need to understand serving grace. It's essential for this hour that you understand grace. It's essential for this hour that you know your place in God because it won't just affect you on Sunday. It'll affect you on Monday. Y'all getting this? I, I got a theme going. I want to talk to you about Monday because I want you to do well. You are supposed to be a city set on a hill. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And by walking in the grace of God on Monday, it will attract people to you and you can help lead them to the Lord. So it's, it's not according to your works. It's not according to you positioning yourself, but according to his own, I love this, purpose and grace. When you were in your mother's womb, God had a purpose for you. Now I can just take a little side thought here. You know, um, uh, a lot of times people get, um, uh, uh, they, they'll buy something that has a purpose. And I always use this example. Um, um, I go to the gym now, but at one time we used to have a, um, a, a, a bike, an exercise bike, you know, you don't go anywhere. You just, it's got little things. And, and, and the purpose of what? The purpose of that bike. Now, this is no condemnation to anybody who has a treadmill, uh, an elliptical, or a bike in your house. This is no condemnation. But 
Um, Because I know that sometimes when you don't use them, they become other things. Like ours became, it was a beautiful clothes rack. I mean, I could put, you know, like if I wore something once, the handles, you could put two, three shirts on there and you could lay the pants over this one part of it. And over the seat, I could even put my shoes up there. and, And, you know, it just really became a beautiful clothes rack. Some of you are giggling because you you may have one at home right now. Right? That's not what it was created for. Someone has repurposed it for a lower thing. I feel him right now. I'm about to help somebody. Find the higher life. Find the higher life. You, you know when you're walking in God's grace on Monday morning. You know what you're doing. Am I telling everybody, uh, you know, reevaluate and I might quit your job and call the church and say, hey. Um, you know, no, I'm, I'm not talking about being, but, but find your grace. Find your place. Now listen, what we're going to talk about here real quick. I'm going to use Paul as an example, but I'm going to talk about the ministry. And this is what happens, especially in our circles. When it comes to grace to serve, everybody relegates it to ministry. Preachers serving in church. And then they let it go for the rest. I'm going to give you this example. But let's just look at it this way. If we were, uh, you know, we were heading there and we're heading there. We're going to head there again. You know, let's just say we were a church of a thousand. And in that thousand, you know, we have, we have, we have a staff here. We've got seven uh, pastoral people, and then we've got a number of people who are called to the ministry. But let, you know, I was just trying to guesstimate um, people who are called to full time ministry to preach and teach. Let's just say uh, of that thousand, there would probably, you know, you could probably find a good solid 50. So 50, let's say, called to the ministry. That's how they're called to make their living. That's what they're called to do. Say 50. So that leaves 950 not called to the ministry. Do you think God would leave 950 people out of grace? You think he would? No. So then why do 950 people feel left out? In other words, why did 95% of the body of Christ don't understand serving grace and how it affects them on Monday morning? See, because if we did that with saving grace, then it's only applicable for 5% of the people. (laughs) How many know that would be bad? Any kind of grace. Grace to stand and resist the devil. Only 5% of the people can have it. No, grace is 100% offered to everybody. And this is definitely a part of grace. And it's essential for you in this hour. And so I'm going to give you an example here of what happened to Paul and how it came. And this is ministry, but then, then you hold on because we're going to talk about you. So number one, Galatians 1, uh, 15 and 16. Y'all good? Come on, it's time to discover your grace. It's time to understand that you have a serving grace. You have a power of God, a purpose. God purposed you for something. You, what is your purpose? Because people want to know all the time, what's my purpose in life? Well, the way you're going to find the purpose for your life fully and completely, where you can walk in the will of God all the days of your life, is to find out your individual purpose in life. And everybody wants to know their purpose. But in order to find your purpose, you've got to first find your grace you got to first find grace. And so in order to find that grace, you got to know it's available. 
There is a serving grace. Yes, I need you to uh, um, walk in it on Sunday morning. Yes, I need you to walk in it on Wednesday night. Yes, the Lord needs that because the body of Christ needs, it's, it's a functioning body. But also, God wants you to understand there's grace available for all of your race, and that includes Monday morning. But Galatians 1, 15, 16, but when it pleased God, it did what with God? It pleased him. He separated me from my mother's womb and called me, how? By his grace. To reveal his son in me that I might preach uh, among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Number one, it pleased God. So it pleased God to give you a grace while you're in your mother's womb. He predestined you for good works, and that includes Sunday morning and includes Monday morning. And then, what does it say? It says, he called me by his grace. So this grace was on my life. So everybody in the room, say it again. Say, I have grace to run my race. I have grace for Sunday, and I have grace for Monday. All right. To reveal his son in me that I might preach. And so this grace then causes you to do something. Grace causes you to do something. Grace causes you to be something. So when you walk in serving grace, when you walk in the purpose of your life, grace is on you, and it will cause you to be able to do something by his grace. All right. And then, but when did it happen? It happened in his mother's womb. What was he called to do? To preach among the heathen. It's specific. It can be general, but to him, he wasn't called just to minister to the Jews. He was called to minister to the Gentiles. It was a specific grace for a specific group of people that really nobody else had as big as he had until they were developed. Romans 1 and 5. It says, by whom we have received grace and apostleships for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. It says, by whom, by Jesus, he's received grace and that grace made him an apostle. He didn't decide to be an apostle. That's just like... um, you know, even people who are outside of the will of God, not born again, there still can be this grace on their life. And a lot of times people call it what they're good at. In other words, um, I was good at accounting. I was good at numbers. I was good at balance sheets and income statements and beautiful chart. I will just, I can still feel it. You feel me? I feel it. It's, it's like charts and graphs and colors and they tell a story and you project things and you do budgets and oh my gosh, it's awesome. And I still use that stuff here. But I was good at it. And I was graced to do it after I got born again. Um, I was graced to do it. I, I was rising wherever I was. And then um, I remember when I went to Bible school, this is important, listen. There's different times, different graces. It doesn't just have to do with Sunday morning. Even me, I was preparing for the ministry. So I was a really good accountant. Um, I had a rave reviews and stuff. And so I went to Bible school and I got a great job making great money working for a guy as an accountant. And yet I had known in my heart didn't want to verbalize it, didn't really know how to follow God back then like I do now, but I really knew I wasn't supposed to be accountant anymore because accountant had become a God to me. 
because I was going to become, I, I, I lived in a small town and my dream was to become a big duck in a small pond and have the biggest house in town, two Mercedes, uh, two and a half kids, one and a half dogs, and, you know, live the American dream. You know what I'm saying? And I was well on my way. When I got my acceptance letter to go to Bible school, a partner came in, sat down. The day I got my acceptance letter, and he said, you will be a partner in this firm if you keep doing what you're doing. I just smiled and said, thank you. And the next day I resigned. And so anyway, but so I had this accounting job all lined up, but it didn't go well. But on the way out there, I remember my mom asking me a question. She said, where are you going to work? And I, said, and I had worked my way through college loans, but I, but I worked 40 hours a week. I was a McDonald's manager. And I said to her, I'll do anything but work at McDonald's. Y'all ain't talking about no McDonald Douglas. I'm talking about the golden arches. I'd already done that. Okay. Forgive me. But I, I, I guess I got to a point where I thought that was even kind of beneath me. So didn't go well. And so I'm doing this accounting job and I made more mistakes in a week that I'd made in my whole career. This dude said to me, he said, well, I guess he's not, he's still a dude. Anyway, this guy said to me, he's like, he's like, I do not understand this. He said, everybody I called gave you the highest of recommendations. You were one of their, both people said you were one of their best employees ever. What is this? What happened? The Lord dealt with me. He said, I've removed that grace from your life. So what I used to think was me being a genius was just the grace of God. So I quit before I got fired because I've never been fired from a job. And then I prayed. Then the Lord said, I'm talking about Monday morning. Talking about great, I'm talking about how the Bible, the word of God works in all of your life. And yes, I want you to serve on Sunday mornings. Please, we need help. Find your place. Because if you find your place in church on Sunday, it'll help you on Monday. If you pull away from Sunday, it'll, 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 it'll constrict you on Monday. It really will. Because it, it's the same grace working different applications. Same grace, same God. So anyway, so the Lord said to me, he said, uh, I want you to work at McDonald's because if you don't, you'll miss half your training. I thought, well, that's about the stupidest thing I ever heard. How can, I already know, I already know McDonald's. Long story short, I obeyed. And I remember the first time I put back on my manager's uniform. I felt like Superman. Something came on me. And as good as I was when I was in college, I just got suddenly 10 times better. I'm telling you a store I went to by the help of God turned it around in months. Um, was able to minister to some teenagers on a regular basis as we're all, you know, I, I got, just good things happen. Then they transferred me to another store right next to Raymond. And what ended up happening was um, we had 60 employees. 30 of them were Raymond students. And what happened was that at school, we was buddies. But at work, I was the boss. And I had to learn how to deal 
with that. How to be brothers and sisters, yet be the leader. The ability to hire and fire, to correct, to tell someone what to do, how to do it, how to, um, and a lot of people I had working there, they were former, you know, um, they had they had to take a job there to have bread on the table, but they're used to making a whole lot more. It's diff- it was just different. What was it? It was grace. And, and the store that I took over, uh, I, I was the acting first assistant, and I had my, my general manager, she was a backslidden AG woman. She wasn't backslid by the time we got done with her. But my point is this, I'm talking about grace, we were able to take his worst store. Listen, when I first went to that store, the first day I was there, I wouldn't eat there. Because it was dirty. <laughs> and it was gross. And I wouldn't eat there. I almost wanted to close it down and clean it up. Because when, when I feel comfortable eating there, everybody else should be comfortable eating there. But we worked on it and worked on it. It became his best store. All the big wigs came there to look at the store. My point is, I suddenly am walking in this grace that I had, and I, I loved those two years. No, I had, you don't understand. When I put on my McDonald's uniform, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I, ra- I would take people who uh, the Holy Ghost would tell me who to hire, who not to hire. I would look over the crowd and I would say, you're a future manager. And I would raise them up and put them in their place. And then they would come and pluck them from our store and take them and put them everywhere. <gasps> Sounds like the grace of God on my life right now. Same, same. Same, same. If you're looking for a, those of you who are called to the fivefold ministry, you're looking for a moment in time where you get promoted. God will use the natural stuff that you do to train you, to teach you. But I'll tell you this. So I did that for two years. I was ready to stay there forever. I was going to usher for Brother Hagen. I was going to do that. I was going to do it forever. And suddenly the Lord says, I need you to go back home to the cornfields and be a youth pastor. Ah, no. But anyway. But I remember the day that I put my notice in to leave. Suddenly I looked down and I was in a McDonald's uniform. I'm not, because two years, I loved it. I adored it, proud of it. Now I'm looking at, I'm thinking, somebody get me out of here. What happened? The grace lifted. Not that it's not an important job, because if you're hungry, you need a good manager at a McDonald's to get you your food <laughs> and it tastes good and the french fries are hot <clears throat> that's what you need and a good manager will make sure that happens a bad manager don't care <clears throat> i like my french fries hot <clears throat> all right why am i telling you all this grace i tapped into serving grace at a fast food restaurant where are you supp- whatever you're doing right now I want you to change tomorrow, if you're not already doing this, and start doing it by grace. I'm going to work unto the Lord. Therefore, I tap into the grace that was given to me in my mother's womb before I did anything right, before I did anything wrong. And if you're out of place, that grace will begin to work you into your right place. And you'll no longer frustrate the grace of God on your life. How how important is this? It's so important. 
Um, goodness sakes. Hallelujah. Let's see. So you understand, Paul had a grace. He found his place. His grace led him to be an apostle, to minister to the heathen. Verse, 1 Corinthians 3.10. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. So his grace that I have laid the foundation, that's the apostle's grace. In other words, that grace caused him to do something. And then he said, others are going to come build on it. And they better be careful how they build on my foundation. But what's he saying? The grace has made me a master builder. Now I want you to see this. Um, oh, goodness. Um, I got others we could look at. But I want you to look at this. Hebrews 12, 28. Hebrews 12, 28. It says, wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And then I want you to look at, so everybody in the room, everybody in the room, say this, say, I have received grace, where I, whereby I may serve God acceptably and with reverence and godly fear. So every one of us have a serving grace. Are you walking in it or are you frustrating it or are you ignoring it? It's not good to ignore any kind of grace. You get a good at ignoring one or frustrating one, you'll frustrate another. And, and we're gonna, we've talked about it a lot around here. You need the grace to stand in to resist the devil. You need to understand saving grace and receiving it by faith. Now listen though. So a lot of times with this one, this one becomes a worksy kind of thing. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'm working, positioning myself. No, God's given you grace. How do you access it? You access it by faith. Romans chapter uh, 12 uh, is known as um, the grace gifts. I don't really like to call it that because it's not a complete list. But Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me, every one of you in this room, you have received grace. To every man that among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think. In other words, Pastor Mark, when I was accountant, I should not have thought myself that I was so good. Because God proved to me when the grace was removed, I didn't know what I was doing. And that even if it's in a situation where you don't like or think you belong, but if it's God's place for you, he can put a grace on you and you'll love it. So it's not about the place. It's not about the people. It's not about the job. It's not about the career. It's not about the business. It's about the grace. What do you got grace for? What have you been ordained to do? What did God choose and purpose in you when you were in your mother's womb before you did anything right or wrong? You want to find that grace. You want to discover that grace. It says this. It says, wherefore, we receive in a kingdom which cannot be removed. Let us have grace where we by serve so let's, it, Hebrews 12, 28. Wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And then let's look at Romans chapter 12. All right. For I say, verse 3, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly according to God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So by your faith, you tap into grace. For we are many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one member is of another. Having then gifts differing. Everybody say, I'm different. 
you don't want to be me and I don't want to be you. You said, for sure, I don't want to be you. No, I, you know what I mean. I mean, you know, well, I don't want to be you either. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> People make a big mistake in life trying to, we're supposed to imitate or, or, or find godly examples to show us how to do some things, but you're unique. We have some sets of twins in the church, but when you get to know them all, they're different. They may look alike, but they're not the same person. And really, you, people can't tell them apart if they don't know them. But if you knew them, you could tell them apart. And I don't even care if your graces are similar. We have a number of real estate agents in our church, but, and you have grace to do it, but you're all different. We have a number of engineers of all sorts. I mean, we got an engineer for everything around here. But if you're grace to do it, you're grace in a particular place even, or a particular kind of an, a mechanical engineer versus electrical engineer versus a engineer, engineer, engineer. I don't know. I've lost track. You're different, but what makes you different? According to the grace that is given to us. Then it goes on to say this, whether prophecy, let us prophesy. It goes through gifts, but it says, if we're going to prophesy, do it in proportion to your faith. The way you're going to be successful, and I hope you get this. If you don't get anything else, listen, listen, listen. There's a grace on your life to serve. It's your purpose. Find it out, discover it, and then by faith, walk in it. A lot of times, and because I, I'm up here preaching, ministry is my example. But I, other, I have other examples. I have accounting examples. I have McDonald's. I have uh, selling retail examples. <laughs> I remember even in retail, when I was a traveling minister, I had to work, you know, because nobody really wanted me to come yet. And I had to get a job, you know, selling suits but I felt like the Lord told me to do it. So I struggled, I struggled because it, was, um, it wasn't an hourly rate, it was a commission. And Pastor Mark wasn't eating very well um, because he wasn't a salesperson. I'm like, if you want it, buy it. If you don't, I'm not gonna harass you. But that caused him not to pay his bills. So I had to pray and the Lord helped me. And I tapped into the grace, and then he just said to me, I want to I I show you how to do this. He said, just help them. Not every guy knows how to shop like you do. Help them look good for their marriages, for their weddings. If they had to go to a funeral, if they were job interviews, man, that became my specialty. Um, if they just want to look nice as an executive. And the only thing I had to learn to do was pray that the wives would stay away while I'm selling this guy. I had $1,000 worth of clothes for him. And the wife's like, you don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. I'll go buy you socks at Walmart. Um, you know, so get out of here, woman. Anyway, so uh, 
You just, you just took gas out of my car. Um, but no, I really, I'm being funny, but the truth was when I decided to help people, I became number one, two salesmen all the time. Wasn't a week go by, I wasn't number one or number two because I changed it to walking in grace and to helping people. You may not think it, but your job helps something. Your career helps something. And if God has asked you to do it, you have grace to do it. And you do it in proportion to your faith. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.